Again, good morning. And I do hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, I know there's a, a lot, like I said earlier before, there's a lot going on for many of us this time of year. And unfortunately, sometimes we get so busy with all of the, the hurry and worry and all the different activities that we feel like we, we have to get done, that unfortunately we do start to forget, we, well, we forget all about Jesus. And that's why we've been spending this sermon series investigating Christ. A few weeks back, we talked about those wise men. And if you remember what we learned about those wise men, it was that as they were seeking Jesus, the closer they got to Him, the more joy that they found. And what a wonderful lesson for all of us as well as we go about our life, hopefully seeking Christ with each new day. But then how? How was Jesus born? Well, the Holy Spirit conceived in Mary. And she gave birth to Jesus so that He could be both human as well as divine. It's amazing, isn't it? And so today, I want us to stop and ask the question of when then. When was Jesus born? And I know many would probably quickly say, well, it was December the 25th. That's what all of this is about, right? Well, probably not. Uh, if you go back in history, around 285 A.D., there was a Roman emperor who said December 25th is when we're going to start recognizing the birth of Jesus Christ. And he created a holiday then, a tradition that has continued all through these many years. But if you do the research, what you'll find is most biblical scholars believe that Jesus was probably born in the spring of the year. Lee Strobel wrote in his book, History Doesn't Pinpoint Jesus' Birthday. Spring is most likely because shepherds were watching their flock at night, and this is when ewes bore their young. We're so accustomed to connecting Christmas with this time of year, with the winter time of year. It's, it's interesting, right, to think about that maybe it was in the spring of the year. That, that kind of throws our, our calendar off a little bit in our mind, the events that we're accustomed to, the things we've become used to. You say, okay, so what you're saying is we don't know when Jesus was born. We don't know his actual birthday. No, we don't. You're probably thinking, cool, short sermon then, right? I mean, that's it, lesson over. No, listen, I hate to disappoint you, especially right here on Christmas Eve, but I think that there is so much more that we can learn about when Jesus was born. Even though we don't know a specific date, the Bible does tell us that there was a specific time. Paul would write about this in Galatians 4 and verse 4. He said, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. So when it was the perfect time, when everything was as God intended for it to be, that is when Jesus Christ was born. Now, it probably didn't seem like the perfect time for Joseph and Mary, right? Especially for Mary. I mean, we, we know the story. We know that she, of course, would give birth there in Bethlehem. She probably didn't want to be in Bethlehem to give birth. She probably wanted to be back in Nazareth where her support system would have been, where a doctor may have been, where where other family members may have been. 
But she's in Bethlehem. Away from all of that. Away from all of the plans that have probably gone into place that so many of us make. And here she is in Bethlehem, not on a luxurious vacation, not on a baby moon. I think that's what, what some folks call it these days, right? When, when before a baby arrives, the, the husband and wife will go off on one last trip together before the baby gets here. That's not what Bethlehem was. Bethlehem was not some baby moon where they were going to celebrate one another before the arrival of Jesus. They were there. Well, one, they were there to fulfill prophecy. But they thought they were there because there was a census that was going on. We go to our text. In Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, The time came for her to give birth. The time came. That that perfect time. The time that God had preordained. Now why was a census necessary? Well, it was simple. The Roman government wanted to know who all was there, how many were there, so they would know who all to tax and how much to tax so that the Roman government could continue to live their luxurious life on the backs of those who they were oppressing like the Jewish people. So I'm sure for Joseph and Mary, it did not seem like the perfect circumstances for Jesus to be born. But for God, it was absolutely the perfect time for the newborn king to enter into this world, to make his arrival. Now, there are some interesting observations that I think we can also make about the time period and what was going on. Much of the world was under Roman jurisdiction. That means that at that particular time, there was peace, unlike, well, any other time on earth, before or since. That Rome was, was really had control of a lot of areas. Now, again, that also meant for the Jews, they weren't real crazy about that because that meant they were under the oppressive thumb of Rome. But that also caused them to be longing for their Messiah, longing for He who had been prophesied to come and, and to restore them back to that, that earthly kingdom that they expected. And so it was a, a good time. The roads that the Roman government had built the, the roads were better than any road system had ever been before. So suddenly the people were able to travel a lot easier than they had ever traveled before. So when the Messiah arrived, the news of this good message of Christ, it was able to, to scatter and travel much faster than it would have been able to before. Because of the Roman government, the Greek culture had really solidified a lot of the cultures around so that Greek language became commonplace no matter where you were from. And so what did that do? Well, that made it a lot easier for the message of Christ to be shared with a lot more people from a lot different uh, places, all with a common language of Greek. So there's a lot of interesting things that were also happening here at this time. 
during this people time, a lot of people were getting tired of the mythological gods of the Romans. And a lot of people were more, much more open to the idea of, of one true God searching for that God. Again, a perfect time for a newborn king to make his entrance into this world. So God, in his infinite wisdom, he knew. He knew that this was exactly the right time and the right place for the newborn king to be born. So many prophecies, over 300 as a matter of fact, over 300 prophecies of the coming Christ were fulfilled in Jesus coming in the time He came. There were prophecies that would not have been fulfilled had He come earlier or later than what He did. Let me share one of those with you real quick this morning because I find this fascinating. There is a messianic psalm about the coming crucifixion of Christ. Psalm 22, it says, beginning in verse 16, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing, they cast lots. That was written about a thousand years before Jesus was born. And not only was it written a thousand years before Jesus was born, when it was written, the act of crucifixion was not common at all. Some say that it was those in Persia who had invented uh, the crucifixion, but it was actually the people of Rome who perfected it. And, and it became this not only instrument of torture, but execution that we know it as we look back in time. So you see, had Jesus been born much sooner on the timeline, it would have been before crucifixions existed. Were Jesus born today? People aren't crucified today. So you see, it was the, the perfect time in so many ways and for so many prophecies of Christ to be fulfilled. So God's timing is always perfect. He, he is never too early. He is never too late. But as we go through life, it doesn't always feel that way, does it? No, it doesn't. Maybe it was uh, when that boyfriend or girlfriend broke your heart. You probably didn't walk away from that going, man, that happened at just the right time. Or maybe it was when your employer called you in your, into his office and said, listen, I know it's the holiday season and I'm really sorry. We hate to do this, but we're going to have to let you go. Like you probably didn't walk out of his office going, man, that happened at just the right time. Could have been that conversation with a doctor. You know, those conversations that go something like, we're really sorry. We've done everything that we know to do. Your, your time is limited. No matter how old a person may be, that's not an easy conversation to have. And you probably don't walk out of that meeting going, well, this is the perfect time for this. You see, even though we go through these things in life, and it may not always seem as though these things happen at the, the perfect time, just because it doesn't feel like it's the right time, it does not mean that it's not God's time. And it does not mean that it's not in His way, especially for those of us who believe. Romans 8 and verse 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good 
for those who are called according to His purpose. Listen, it may not feel good to get your heart broke and to get dumped. But it may be the right time to get out of a very toxic relationship before it gets worse. It, it may not feel good to lose your job. But it may be the exact right time to find another profession that's going to be even better for you, more rewarding for you than the one that you've been in. It may not feel like the right time to hear your, your time on earth is limited, but it is the exact right time to turn your attention and your focus and your faith to Jesus Christ. You see, just because it doesn't feel like the right time for us doesn't mean that it's not exactly the right time. Now, I believe Joseph and Mary understood this. And I, I don't want you to think, by the way, that I think that every bad thing that happens in this life is, is from God. Because I don't. I, just as much as I believe God is active, I believe Satan is just as active. And I believe Satan loves to show up in some of our hardest moments of life. And I love, believe he loves to throw even more pain, more suffering, more heartache, more disappointment on us. Because in those moments, what Satan wants more than anything else is for us to get in a mindset where we begin to doubt or question the goodness of God. Because if Satan can get us there, he oftentimes has us exactly where he wants us. And so it's important to remember that God is with us through the the good and the bad, that God can make good come from all of these things. It's just sometimes we, we have to do something that we're not very good at. And that is wait for God. We oftentimes, we, we get in a hurry. And we want to run ahead of God. And, and we think that we can get things done quicker than God. But His time is a perfect time. And we as His children, we, we have to learn to try to be in step with His time more so than ours. As the psalmist would write here in Psalm 27, verse 14, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Wait. I don't know about you. I I can't speak for you. I can speak for myself. That is one word I do not like to hear. (laughs) When there is somewhere that I want to be going or something that I want to be doing, and you tell me I have got to wait. Oh! Man, that just, oh, that just burns me up. I want to get where I'm trying to get as quick as I'm trying to get there. I don't do well when there's traffic, by the way. Like, like those kind of things, they, they bother me more than they should. And those are just silly, trivial things. When it comes to our spiritual life, though, how much more important is it for us to wait for God? To not get ahead of Him, to not try to outrun Him, to just be where He is and, and allow Him to be with us where we are. To wait for Him. But so often we want to fix it, don't we? Like, like We want to make things right. And, and so we want to, we want to step in and, and, and our mind starts to think about plans. And, and we want to fix things and we want to do things differently. And That's probably the mindset that Sarah had, by the way. You remember Sarah, don't you? How Abraham and Sarah had been promised this this baby from God, a child from them, from God, a promise that they had waited for for many years. Years and years and years had gone by. No, no baby. And so Sarah, not really waiting on God, Sarah says, I know what we'll do. 
Abraham, I want you to go be with my handmaid, Hagar. You, you go be with her. Y'all will have a baby. And then that will be our baby. So we're going to do what God told us we would do. We're going to make sure we're going to have a baby. And Abraham went, oh, okay. And he went in with Hagar. They did have a baby. But it was not the child of promise. And that baby just led to jealousy. It led to broken relationships. It led to some major conflict. Church, listen, it is never a right time to do the wrong thing. Never. And that's why it is so important that we wait on God in all things. But it is always the right time to do the right thing. And when we see the opportunity to do good ahead of us, when we see the opportunity to do the will of God in our life, it is always the right time to do the right thing. Now for Mary, I'm sure that initially it didn't seem like the right time. But when that angel of the Lord spoke to her and told her that it was time, that it was God's will for her to be pregnant with child, she said, I am your servant. She was willing. She, she surrendered. She was very much on board. God's timing is always right. It is always perfect. No matter the season we may be in. And that includes whatever season you may find yourself in this very morning. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, beginning in verse 1, For everything there is a season. A time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So what season of your life are you currently in right now? Whatever it is, embrace it. Too often we're in a hurry. (laughs) We're not waiting for God and, and we, are, we will try everything in our power to get from this season to the next. Because we assume the next season of this life is going to be so much better than this current one. Because the current one always has its pitfalls. And so will the next one. Whatever the next one may be. So rather than being in such a hurry to get to the next season of life, embrace whatever season you're in. There are so many lessons, so many blessings that we can gain from whatever the season of life is. But so often we miss those because we're in such a hurry to get to the next one. Wherever you are, whatever the season of your life may be, embrace that. Learn from that. Allow God to see you through that. Whatever season of your life that you're in, be willing to seek the will of God first and foremost. Be willing to listen, to trust, to obey.
be willing to be like, like Joseph and Mary all those many years ago. To take on something in their life that certainly wouldn't have seemed like the best timing, but absolutely was. There are so many things that happen in our life. So much heartache, so much pain, sometimes sickness. And we say, not right now. Why right now? And it could be. It could be that right now is exactly where God is and where God needs you to be as well. So whatever season you're in, don't try to outrun it. Embrace it. Learn from it. And let God lead you forward. We can help you in any way this morning. Won't you come as we stand and sing?